When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to my podcast. This is Janelle and formerly the One Organized Mama podcast. Um, continuing to sort of transition this, um, expanding the amount of topics I'll be talking about, definitely incorporating more topics that regard uh, entrepreneurship, small business owners, how, how to help you guys kind of be organized, sharing some of my tips with you. So one of the topics that I noticed, I like to go back through uh, DMs and emails from the past um, and see what listeners have asked me, see if there's anything that I've sort of missed or could dive a little bit deeper into. And one of the questions that I've noticed over the years that I get asked quite a bit is about boundaries and working from home and how do you do it and how do you turn off work. So I decided to do a whole episode on this and give you guys some tips. So I actually have 10 tips I'm going to go over with you in this episode. So how to turn off work when you work from home. So I hope everyone is doing well out there. It's actually been a super, super eventful summer for us. Very, a lot of fun, but I mean, we're constantly on the go this summer, which is actually a good thing. I'm actually really enjoying it. Work is busy The kids are doing a lot of different stuff. My daughter turned 21 this summer, and so um, we met up with her in Alexandria, Virginia with some dear friends. Some of our friends are from England, now living in the U.S., and they wanted to take her on her first proper pub crawl. And so we did that um, for her 21st birthday. Super fun. Um, We also have my mom staying with us for a month this summer. Uh, There's a term, the sandwich generation or something like that. And it's sort of where you're in that age, middle age, dare I say, (laughs) where your kids are kind of getting older, leaving the nest. And then, you know, you have the potential of caring for your parents a little bit more. And my mom is spry. She's actually really young, um, but she does care for my grandmother, who's turning 96 this summer. And so we're blessed to have that precious lady with us for 96 years. But we know the time's coming where a transition will be need to be made for my mother. And um, so collectively as a family, we've decided that um, my husband and I are a great place for her to live permanently when that time comes. And we're sort of in that pre-transition stage. So maybe I'll do some episodes on that because... I know a lot of people, it's a very common thing that a lot of people, a lot of families face and stuff. So as I kind of go through that, again, I'll perhaps share some stuff that I'm learning along the way. So again, expanding the breadth of topics on this podcast, um, getting away from just home organization, but whole life organization, different seasons of life. Um, As I enter them, I'd like to share them and continue to share them with you. So thank you for allowing that. And again, I hope everyone's having a great summer out there. 
By the way, on a side note with summer, we're like in a travel renaissance. I swear. I mean, I love to travel, but my news feed is like, like filled with people traveling like to the most like exotic locations. Like I have like two friends that are in Australia, one going to Bali, another one in Greece. And I'm like, man, I mean, like people that don't normally travel that much are um, all of a sudden traveling to all these exotic, wonderful locations. So have fun out there if you're if you're out there exploring the world. So let's get started. All right, so 10 tips how to turn off work when you work from home. Tip number one, set a work schedule. I have gotten to the point, and if if you guys aren't familiar, um, I wish podcasting was my full-time job, but really real estate is. I'm licensed in Nevada and Georgia. And I have to really stay on my on top of everything. I mean, my organization skills have to be on point when it comes to running um, two different businesses in two different states. So what I have found that works best for me, because I am a planner, in fact, I preach planning, daily planning, weekly planning, monthly planning. And what I have found works best is that I have a weekly schedule. So I have a very fluid schedule. And what I mean by fluid schedule is that it's not um, dictated by times of my day. And so this is why. First and foremost, in real estate, there's a lot of fires to be putting out constantly. So it's really important to be very proactive, be very organized. And so when those sort of you know, moments come up, then I can just kind of go in, I can be sort of that calm in the storm and figure things out. And but they just happen, things happen at all hours of the day, any day of the week, anytime during a transaction. And so I actually have found that it's not a great idea for me to put times on my, my daily schedule. Because for instance, if I have something that is going off in the middle of my day and say it gets resolved by 1.30, if I had time, like for instance, um, I also go through a lot of coaching. I coach and I love to be coached. A lot of coaches have told me, you know, do your lead generation between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. That doesn't work for me. I have lead generation certainly on my schedule, but I don't put a time with it because what if I'm handling something that's really pressing during that time? I'm, I've I put out those fires. Things have calmed down by one thirty. Do I go back and to do the nine to eleven stuff? Do I, do I pick up at the two o'clock mark? Like, it would just be for me mentally. My brain doesn't work that way. I have a tendency to overthink and overanalyze everything. Ask my husband. So I actually don't do that. I need a little bit more of a fluid schedule. So what I do is I have a schedule where it's it's a weekly schedule. There are things I do on a daily basis, administrative things, financial stuff, emails. For instance, when I wake up in the morning, my emails are one of the first things that I tackle. And the reason why is this. Ever wake up and see, oh my gosh, I have 44 new emails in my account and you're just like, oh Lord. 
you almost don't even want to open it. But if you do open it and tackle it first thing in the morning and you realize 39 are junk and there's actually only five that I have to handle, it kind of sets a good expectation for your day. Then I'm like, okay, most of the stuff was garbage, delete it, get it out of there, and then just have those five things that you do have to handle for the day. Um, so that's something that I get in the habit because again, our habits are what make us organized, not the stuff in our lives. And, um, and I just know that that's what I need to do. Um, but the other thing about this schedule that I really, really love is the fact that I like having a printed version, a printed copy of it. So it's the template is in my Google docs. I use Gmail I go in every Sunday, I kind of take the previous week's schedule, compile my notes, tick stuff off. So I'll like delete stuff that I've taken care of, add in new stuff that I need to do and make any adjustments that I need. Um, And that way that I I know when I print it out Monday morning, it's like a fresh schedule. It doesn't have a million notes on it. It's just like a fresh piece of paper. And again, it's very fluid, so I know stuff that I need to do daily, and then more proactive stuff like lead generation, like continuing education, like content creation. So those are sort of the things that are kind of as important, but I'm I'm kind of handling and trying to stay ahead of things first thing during my day. So makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense to you. But also about set of work schedule is that One of the benefits from being your own boss per se, even though I always, my kids are like, what do you mean your own, your own boss? No, I'm not. My clients are my boss. (laughs) My clients are who I work for. They, they set a lot of the stuff that I need to do, but that does not mean that they get full access to me 24 seven. And sometimes people do, unless you set that boundary, people think they get access to you 365, 24 seven. So an easy way, a couple of easy tips to set that boundary so that you're not having to feel obligated to con or you know to respond to people is to maybe in your email signature just say your work hours, your work days, your work hours. A lot of people in real estate do this. So for instance, if it's someone in my office and I have a question, I'll like look at their email and I'll be like, you know what? This can actually wait until Monday morning. I'll send it to her first thing on Monday. Um, but also on your voicemail, you can say, Hey, you know, this is so-and-so leave me a message. If you're leaving this message after say 7, 7 PM, I will respond back the next business day. So again, setting that expectation so that someone's not like waiting up and thinking you're going to call or text back. You are allowed to do this. In fact, it's highly encouraged that you do this. So again, set a work schedule. There's some tips there. Moving on to number two, separate your workspace from your personal space. I did a home tour last week. And as a homeowner took me up to the loft, what immediately jumped out at me was at the end of the loft, she had her home office and it was partitioned off from the rest of the loft with a screen. So a physical barrier between her workspace and her personal space. I was like, immediately, brilliant. That automatically communicates to me as someone that walks into her home, that is a line I do not cross. Most people will pick up on that. Um, Teach your family to pick up on that. There's no reason for your family to be 
in your workspace. Um, Ultimately, a home office, I mean, is something we would all love, right? But that's not always possible um, to have just a designated home office space that only you use for your business. Um, We did a big, pretty big downsize. We moved across country last year, and we just don't have the space that we did in our Vegas home, um, in our Georgia home, for only a designated office space. So I share it with my uh, 12-year-old's Xbox. (laughs) So... Um, But there are some great ways to, uh, again, designate that space, even if it's as simple as using a bin or a container. And at the end of your workday, those uh, items go in there and it's a way for you just to keep everything kind of organized. So I have a separate file system. So my work paperwork is separate from my personal paperwork. Uh, I have a separate laptop that I use only for work. And, um, you know, just again designating that. And I would caution on this. Um, Try not to get in the habit of having your workspace bleed into very personal spaces, for instance, your bedroom. Um, Again, I share my work, um, my home office with my 12-year-old or, you know, if he wants to go in there and play video games or whatever, obviously I'll go into my bedroom. But I do make it... um, I make a a very big point of like actually gathering everything out of there, not leaving any paperwork or anything because later in the day, if I want to go in there and relax, get ready for bed, rest, I'm just not seeing things that are reminding me of work that sometimes those things can be a little triggery if you know what I mean. So again, separating workspace from your personal space physically. All right. Number three funny because I've said originally put your phone away. Yeah, right. So I've said put your devices away, your work devices. Again, I have a laptop that is for work only. So my family knows they cannot get on this um, laptop without my permission. And in fact, it's a newer laptop. So it actually has the little biometric where you have to use your fingerprint, my fingerprint to actually log into it which is great because I know if somebody's trying to get into it, they can't unless I walk over and use my fingerprint to log them in. But um, so I said device, because let's face it, you can't, I mean, as much as we want to put our phone away, we should get a break from our phone at some point during our day. And I really do try to just walk away from my phone, kind of like everything. I I just know everyone's handled. Everything is cool. I just kind of need a break. I need to go do something. Um, and the volume's on, so if somebody really needs to get me, I'll hear it in the other room. But it is a good a good practice to get into. At least at some point, walk away from your phone or your device. But um, definitely your computer or other devices, so you're not just hearing them dinging and like lighting up, the screens light up and all of that stuff. So put them away. Put them away at the end of your workday. All right, um, number four. Set expectations with others, your spouse, your children, your family, your friends, and your employees, if you have employees. So I don't know how many times over the years when I've worked from home, and I've worked from home primarily since 2012, that I have a friend that's like, oh, I heard you work from home now. Can you watch my kids? No, I can't watch your kids. I work from home. My work is just as important as your work. It doesn't mean I can just have a bunch of kids running around my house. So no, setting those expectations with the people in your life. 
it's I'll be honest for the most part my kids have been pretty responsive my husband (laughs) needs a reminder from time or time he gets our biggest argument I'll just tell you is when I'm like put my he doesn't like it if I'm like put my hand up so he'll talk to me and I'm in the middle of something so we have that so where I'm like he's like could you can you not be so rude and I'm like can you please understand that I'm working and I'm trying to communicate to you like hey not right now just give me a minute so we have to we have that constant um thing that we're always trying to figure out where I'm trying to be like give him another hand signal that's not offensive to him and having him understand like hey if I'm sitting here and I'm like typing away furiously it means don't come and ask me what's for dinner please so we're figuring that out but again my kids for the most part they're pretty golden as far as that my family are pretty awesome with that too my mom's like seeing it firsthand now that she's uh, staying with us for longer periods of time but um definitely I will say on this list the hardest one was employees um my Again, I do some coaching with people and the number one thing that they tell me like I'm kind of on a hiatus from working with people or working or having people work for me because I give people way too much. Um, I overgive, And so that's what I'm currently working on that when having those expectations because I, I mean, I've I found myself in like a situation where I'm paying someone a lot of money and then <laughs> I'm the one adjusting my schedule to theirs. I, and I've just, I need to learn how to do differently. So that's what I'm currently working on with some of the coaching that I am currently getting for myself to set those expectations with others so that they know this is my work time. And when I'm not in the work time, then I am yours. But when I am in my work hours or my workspace, that you need to just kind of respect that and, you know, leave me alone for lack of a better term. So moving on to number five, keep it professional with clients. I'm going to give you guys some examples that have happened with me, but you don't want to give too many details to your clients. You don't want to overshare. And this is actually an opportunity for you to be a good listener and make it more about them and not about you. Now, this being said, I have actually made some wonderful friendships with clients, but like I said, I have had to learn the hard way on the proper way to do this. It's great. I'm a people person. I love connecting with people when I've worked with people, whether it be through real estate or One Organized Mama, my professional organizing business. I just, there were certain people I loved. We had, had this mutual adoration. We wanted to be friends after whatever the work was done. And um, so I've learned how to sort of do it the proper way now. And that was by a trial (laughs) by fire, definitely. And um, some of the things that I realized, um, one of the most awkward situations um, that I encountered as far as oversharing, and I wouldn't even call this oversharing, but it was just simply sharing, is... I work so my extra income my thing is not fancy purses or fancy cars or fancy clothes or fancy shoes my thing is travel so I and especially the older I get now that my kids are getting older and I'm getting more freedom 
I love to travel. And so I always have something on the agenda or I'm researching someplace. It's just what I live for. And, but I've learned, um, don't share that with a lot of people. I literally, and this wasn't somebody that was a friend of mine, but a client that I had years ago. And it was a year of my husband, I did a lot of travel. Um, but I also, when I wasn't traveling, I was working, this is when I was working at One Organized Mom, I was working literally seven days a week. And so, um, you know, I was, had some trips planned and I had someone ask me, um, about it or I posted something on social media and she asked me, so is this where my money is going? I was so taken aback by that. I was like, I'm sorry, what, what are you, what are you asking? And so she's like, all these trips, I keep seeing you, you're going on all these trips. And I was like, she's like, is this what I pay for? And I had to really set her straight. And I was like, no, what you pay for are the services that I offer you. It is, I didn't say this, but I made it very clear. It is none of your business what I do with the money that I earn. But people will say stuff like this. I've actually had friends. um, I had a friend and she had a in-home daycare. And she ran into one of um, the daycare moms at Target. And this is years ago. And she told me that the mom like kind of looked in her basket and asked her the same thing. So what I'm paying you for are your Target trips. And she was like, what? But people really have that. It's the strangest thing. People are so funny about money. But again, my my girlfriend was like, no, what you pay me for is watching your kid. Again, it's none of your business what I do with my money. So and even if it's something super innocent, I've learned be very careful and just really make myself or let my clients know I'm just not simply available. When I moved my grandmother and my mother from Nevada, and it wasn't just me, my, me and my cousin and her husband moved them from Nevada to New Mexico last year. I took a, a week off and it was a very emotional trip. It was a very difficult trip. My grandmother, 95 years old, you can imagine um, all everything that has to go through to, to, you know, move her, you know, across a couple of states. So it was a lot of work for our family. And I had just inadvertently messed, uh, mentioned to somebody, you know, I'm going to be out of town next week. And they, their response was, well, then enjoy your vacation. And I was like, it's not a vacation. It's a, and then I was like, you know what, never mind. But it kind of just offended me a little bit. So I've just learned to just say, you know, I'm actually not available and leave it at that. Don't over explain because if you haven't noticed, I have a tendency to sort of sometimes over explain on things. But that is a way to keep it professional with clients. Because if you do have a tendency to overshare, they then those lines, those that you put up those boundaries start to get very blurred. And next thing you know, you're feeling this obligation, like, I like them as a friend, should I, you know, respond to their messages? You know, should I just go ahead and you know, my husband will be at the soccer game. I'll go handle this. The lines start getting really blurred. So while you're in the working phase of your relationship with your clients, keep it professional. Now, quick note on the flip side. What if you're working for a friend, like you have an established friendship, and then they've asked you to sell their house, organize their home, whatever? Well, a great way to handle that, and I'm actually currently in that situation, is when you have the conversation like, hey, I have my work hat on. So you really kind of define, we're going into a conversation that's professional. I'm working for you in this. So 
work hat on. And then when you're finished, work hat off. Okay, fill me in. What's the latest? You know, so you can, again, um, define those times in that space of when you're working, when it's that professional relationship versus when it's a personal relationship. Got it? Okay, moving on to number six. An appointment is an appointment. Simple. And this kind of goes along with not oversharing, not giving too many details to people. So, but this is also two sides of the same coin. First and foremost, since we're talking about boundaries and not oversharing, an appointment is an appointment. So for instance, if I'm getting my hair appointment, it doesn't matter if I'm getting that, if I'm getting a mammogram, it doesn't matter if I'm at my kid's baseball game. I'm at an appointment. And that's what I simply say. Um, no one needs to know the details. No one needs to know what that appointment is about. And a lot of times I like that word and that term because it kind of triggers people to know, don't ask details. Like it would be really uncouth. And uh, I've actually, I mean, I've encountered a lot of crazy stuff. I've never actually had someone ask, well, what kind of appointment? Because we just kind of naturally know none of our business, right? So an appointment is an appointment. Again, a great way to set a boundary. It's a great way to sort of, Again, mark your schedule to say, you know, when I'm at my kid's baseball game, I want to be there fully engaged as a parent. And so you're at an appointment from five to seven and no one is to really kind of bother you. So setting those boundaries and those expectations. But on the flip side, an appointment is an appointment for you to keep the appointment. So if you have an appointment to do your lead generation, to do your client follow-up, to do your content creation, whatever it is to, that you have set an appointment to do, follow through with it. That's what separates you from others. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a level of discipline that you don't normally have to have when you work for somebody else. You have to be, that's where you are your own boss. Stick to the appointments that you set keep them. Don't lie to yourself. Don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat your hard work or your business. All right. Um, Oh, I have a lot of notes under this one. Um, Again, don't overshare with people. No need to give details. And again, setting appointments is a really great way to set boundaries. And again, sometimes as an entrepreneur, we're kind of flip-flopping between work, personal, work, personal, work, personal. So maybe I have work first thing in the morning and then I handle, you know, right now in the summer camp for my kid, getting him off. That's an appointment. I'm getting my child off and then I come back to work and then I go back to maybe running some errands before I pick him up. Those are sort of my appointments that I set for myself throughout the day. So it's a great way for you to sort of schedule and time block your day or setting appointments for yourself and for others. Okay, on that note, moving on to number seven, plan your availability ahead of time. As much of a paper and pen girl as I am, I love digital calendars for this. So I've gotten really good. Again, I use Google, so I can do the Google Calendar. I am very love color coordinating stuff Um, on my calendar, like assigning, you know, different tasks and things, different colors. I like a colorful calendar. But this is a great way for you to sort of look a month ahead, even a few months ahead to say, ooh, 
I know we have a trip coming up this time and kind of start to use your digital calendar to sort of set time up because what you'll find is that, um, you know, maybe you'll get in a conversation with somebody and they're like, yeah, I'm kind of thinking like October and you know, like, shoot, are we going away in October, November? When is that? As soon as you know, just kind of set it in your calendar. That way it's easy to pull up on your phone with the digital calendar apps. And there's a million of them out there. I don't have any preferences. I just, like I said, use Google because it's attached to my Google account. But use it. um, Get as creative as you want with it. But also just kind of helps you trigger, set reminders, and set boundaries. And again, if it's something that's personal, you don't have to give details to anybody. Just know that's a time frame where I am not going to be doing any work. So again, it allows you to, again, shut off your work hours. All right. Um, and Oh, the other thing about setting your availability is that it gives you, it really kind of allows you to be more proactive rather than reactive. Have you ever double booked yourself for something? And then you're like, crap, I have to like figure out how to be in two different places at the same time. So if you just at a glance can take a look at your calendar, your planning calendar, and just know like, uh, you know what, I signed my kid up for soccer in the fall. So that probably means most Saturday mornings in the fall are out, just block them off, you can always go in and change. And then it kind of allows you to be proactive when setting your schedule in future times and it just avoids all of those little tricky situations that we sometimes get ourselves into. All right, number eight, give yourself time off. Mandatory. I put mandatory in all caps and underlined it in my notes. All right, you 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 deserve time off. We all do, and it's you don't have to apologize. Just like you don't have to apologize about the money that you earn, you are allowed to have time off. Now, does that mean you're going to have a season and seasons where you're working seven days a week? Yeah, it just it is. Um, I actually, uh, for a period, I was doing work Monday, Tuesday, giving myself Wednesday off, picking back up Thursday, Friday, um, because just whatever Wednesdays just seemed to be that day where there was a lot going on. And instead of feeling super guilty about everything, I was like, you know what, let me just block it off and not assign myself any work stuff on Wednesdays. Um, And that was short-lived. And then I am back to pretty much a five-day week, um, occasionally six-day-a-week schedule. The other thing when it comes to this is it doesn't mean you have to work all day long. Those of us that are in the entrepreneur world know sometimes we have like 12-hour weeks and sometimes we have like 70-hour weeks. It's, it's kind of a season if you know, our our goal is always to try to find a little bit of balance in that because you can't, you can't work in either extreme. If you did a 12 hour week, you'll never make money. Probably. If you do a 70 hour week, you're going to hit burnout so fast, you're not going to know what hit you. So it's always trying to find a little bit of a balance in that and understanding your industry, your type of business, and making sure that you're getting plenty of time off. Um, And again, it's very seasonal. Um, And so 
sometimes that might mean, you know, giving yourself, you know, a matter of days off, or maybe it's when you're in the seven, working the seven days a week, you're saying, you know, working three to six hours a day max, and then the rest of the day absolutely um, has to be off. I, I need to give myself time off to take care of the other things in life. So again, we don't, with organization and organizing our life, we don't want to tip too much to one side or the other. We're always trying to find some kind of balance in our lives. And it's rarely ever completely balanced and that's okay. But at least we're kind of striving for some kind of stabilization when it comes to our time management. So mandatory time off, period. There has to be at some point in the day. I mean, you have to sleep, you have to eat, you know, you have to take care of other things in life. Um, But definitely giving yourself some time off. All right, number nine, handle the difficult tasks first. This alleviates stress, anxiety, guilt, and it gets that monkey off your back. The best thing I've ever heard, and I know we've all heard it from time to time, get this difficult stuff done first immediately. And that is, again, why I do emails first thing in the morning. Once in a while, um, I'll get an email that's like, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, like Armageddon has just, just started. Um, and uh, But at least I know what I'm facing in my day. Um, if I didn't check my emails till like 10, 11, 12, you never know, especially in time sensitive industries like real estate, everything is very time sensitive. So get those monkeys off your back. Um, sometimes entrepreneurship, small businesses, I always say, tell my husband, I feel like it's like a game of tennis, even though I don't play tennis. And I'm just trying to constantly get balls out of my court and just like pass it on to somebody else. Um, Moving, kind of keeping those balls in motion, moving down the line, passing on to someone else. That's what it kind of feels like as an entrepreneur some days. So get those things off my back because there's nothing worse than having something that you've put off and the amount of stress, it, it just hangs over you. It's like that little gray cloud. It's like a little cartoon character, gray cloud that just follows you around and is sort of gloomy over your whole day because you haven't handled it. Um, and you feel like a champion when you handle that tough stuff too, don't you? Like you're like, you want to tell people, you're like, hey, guess what? Guess what? Guess what came up? Da da da. And guess what? I handled it. I handled it immediately. I didn't cry. I didn't freak out. I just handled it. So, have that pat yourself on the back you deserve it but definitely get those monkeys off your back and this will also help um with your sleep if you do struggle with sleep um this might be something that you need to get a little bit better at doing is handling the difficult stuff first thing because when there is something that's sort of looming or pending it's hard to fall asleep at night because you're like oh I have to deal with that tomorrow or, or, you know, or I haven't dealt with that. But if you know, hey, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and then I'm going to tackle it first thing in the morning, it, it does help you kind of sleep better at night. All right. Final uh, tip is get a support system. We all need a support system to vent, to share, and to brainstorm ideas with. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can get support. Um, be careful of the kind of support that you want to seek when you're doing this. I will tell you, um, again, from experience, (laughs) make sure it's somebody that really does understand what you're in. A lot of times, like 
it's like the the mom thing like when you're a stay-at-home mom like your friends that maybe don't have kids don't want to hear your stuff and vice versa or your your uh you know, you can tend to find that and stuff. So just be careful who you're sharing with sometimes. Make sure it's someone that is going to be able to relate to you in some way. You don't have to share with everybody. Um, If it's your best friend and you guys are just in different seasons of life, that's maybe not the right person to share with. Perhaps you might try to find, you know, people that more do understand you more. Um, There are a lot of great things. My gosh, we live in this like talk about renaissance, renaissance time of like social media and a blitz of information out there and content. Podcasts are a great way. There's a lot of coaching out there. Um, I mean, every other entrepreneur that I know is involved in coaching either by being a coach or coaching or something. Podcasts, of course, books and different, you know, things. One thing that I am starting or have started um, is a Facebook group. And so it's a membership based group. So it's $9 a month. You can follow the link on the buy me a coffee in the show notes to sign up. And what I'm going to start doing is putting um, some information in there for you guys. So in this episode will be in there as almost like a checklist. So these 10 tips will be on a PDF checklist. And what I'll probably do is I think I'm going to give you guys an example of my schedule. Granted, it's primarily of the two businesses, real estate and podcasting, the two things that I do as work. So it may not completely apply to you, but at least you can see what I'm talking about. So I've decided to, in the Facebook group, really make it like a support system for um, organizing all areas of your life, I'd really love to have entrepreneurs and small business owners in the group. So if you do decide to join, do me a favor. Um, I usually send them messages through Buy Me a Coffee. So if you have joined, um, there's instructions on how to get invited to the Facebook group. We have to become friends. I hope that's okay on Facebook in order for me to invite you in. And then you're happy. You're you're more than. I mean, if you want to delete me after that, it's totally fine. I don't get offended whatsoever when it comes to that. But I definitely want to start to create more of a community where people can just talk if you have something to share as a small business owner or entrepreneur in this realm of productivity, time management, organization. I would especially love to have more of you guys involved and give you a platform to connect with others, maybe even get some clients for your business. Um... At some point, I want to draw from the, the the Facebook group community to have guests on here. I do get a lot of people that reach out to me um, that want to be guests on the podcast or share whatever. But you know what? I want them to actually be invested in this community, have a bit of an investment because, yeah, sometimes it, it's interesting out there. So as I'm sure you all can imagine. So I people, everyone has their agenda. Let's just put it that way. So I, I actually want someone who's actually kind of invested in this. So if you're interested in getting a PDF copy of this or joining me in the Facebook group, sign up through my buy me a coffee link. Again, in the show notes, just click over there. It's very similar to Patreon. So if you're familiar with Patreon, buy me a coffee is very similar. I just liked the format of it a little bit better than Patreon. 
Um, so anyway, I would love to grow that community and connect with you all. I want to do some, um, I'd actually done a couple of Zooms earlier in the year and stuff and get back to doing that and answering some of your questions face to face. So join me there. Um, keep the questions coming. Um, I will probably put a link to the Google form in the show notes as well. I had that in there for a while. And I love just to hear from listeners. And that's a great way for you guys to kind of give me a little info about you, specific topics that you want to hear more about. Uh, Feel free to jump in there and fill that out. And I am on Facebook under my name, Janelle, J-A-N-E-L. Last name is R-A-L-A-T. You can find me on Instagram under the same as well. So hope you're all enjoying your summer out there and looking forward to the next episode on this podcast that I have yet to rename. I'm still figuring that one out. All right. Hope everyone is doing well. See you soon. 